The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You are the salt of the earth. Salt is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Uh, It brings out flavor, uh, enhances other flavors in the food that we eat. Uh, In many cultures in ancient times, salt was prized alongside precious metals for its value to humans. Jesus, living in just such a culture, says that you are the salt of the earth. This is part of his Sermon on the Mount, and here he is speaking directly to his disciples. That's who the you is here. Jesus' disciples, he says, are the salt of the earth. Now we, I think, sometimes, uh, maybe aside from the salt that we spread out on the roads to <laughs> de-ice things, uh, I, I think our, we primarily think of salt as that kind of flavor enhancer, right? Uh, but uh, it has a much more fundamental purpose, even in many parts of the world today, and that is it is a preservative. Uh, you know, uh, meat if left unpreserved, lasts a very little while. And in a world without refrigeration, uh, it is uh, necessary that it be preserved uh, in salt. Uh, I think I've shared before the image, if you go to, you know, like uh, 
living history places or uh, if you go to uh, historic homes that predate electricity, uh, uh, you'll go out and you'll see if they have a, a kitchen display, something that looks like a long feed trough, all hollowed out. And that would be packed with salt and the meats would be packed into those troughs surrounded by salt to preserve them so that they could have them uh, well into the summer. They could, in the heat of the summer, they could have that preservative. Jesus, in saying to his disciples, you are the salt of the earth, is saying something also about this earth. And I don't mean the ground that we stand upon, this this world that he created. It is similar to how John uses the, uh, in his gospel, uses the word world. This is the people of this world that are not a part of God's kingdom. And in saying that his disciples are the salt of the earth, he is saying something about all of those who are not his disciples. He's saying that they are prone to decay and putridness and rottenness. And indeed, you can look at the decay and the putridness of the world around us and you can see that Jesus' statement is as true today as it was 2,000 years ago. And indeed, as it has been since the fall of humanity from perfection in the garden. For no sooner did sin enter into the world then you start to see things unravel very quickly. The pointing of fingers, the feeling of shame, then the expulsion from the garden, and the next generation descends to murder. And before very long, the whole earth was filled with sinners people in rebellion against God and at enmity with one another. And so it has been since that time to today. A world prone to decay, rust, rottenness. But God, you'll remember John says in his gospel, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Yes, God loves this world rotten, prone to decay and rebellion though it is. He loves it. And so he gave his son for it. He gave his son to be, using another image Jesus uses in this Sermon on the Mount, light in the darkness. A light 
to the world. Uh, Earlier in Matthew's Gospel, there is a quote uh, from uh, one of the Old Testament prophets, Isaiah, speaking about Jesus. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sit in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. Jesus is that light. This gets played up very beautifully in John's Gospel as we read each Christmas Eve. We dim the lights, we light our candles, and we hear how he proclaims this, what has come into being in him, that is Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. Jesus is the light. And apart from him, there is only darkness. There is light. And there is darkness. There is no mixing of the two. For wherever light shines, that light illumines and it scatters the darkness. Even the tiniest bit of light scatters darkness. You can see a match lit a mile away. Even though everything else is complete darkness. Jesus is the light. There are not multiple lights. It is only him. He is the light which enlightens everyone. And Jesus says in his gospel, in, chapter, in John's gospel, chapter 3, right after that passage, For God so loved the world, In verse 17, indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they do not believe in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world And people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. Just a couple chapters later, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, 
but will have the light of life. Jesus himself is the light of the world. He enlightens everyone. He is the one in whom all our hope can be placed. The only one in whom we can find light and life in a world that is filled with decay and death and darkness. And Jesus says of those who are his disciples, if you follow me, you have my light in you. Indeed, he goes further to say that you yourself, you are the light of the world. Not on your own apart from him, but because you are in him. It's why uh, we at every baptism light a little candle from the great Paschal candle that is symbolizing Christ and his presence And then we hand it to a sponsor or to the baptismal candidate and we say these words from his gospel, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. You know, that is what the salt and the light are. Good works in this world. And the only way to do works that are truly good is to be in Christ, who is the light, who is the salt. And these good works that we do don't glorify ourselves, right? We don't do them in order to be seen by others. We do them because we are in Christ and we cannot help but to do them. We don't need to call attention to ourselves when we show love to our neighbors, When we show love to our neighbors, that itself will, the act in itself will call attention to itself and will give the glory to God. They will rejoice and they will give glory to God. Yeah, they may recognize it came through you, but you can be the one who points them to Christ. Why is it that you do the things that you do? Why is it that you show love in the way that you do? Why is it that you have hope in the midst of despair, every reason to despair? How can you hold on to hope the way that you do? How is it that you can be patient the way that you are? How is it that you can be at peace in the midst of a world gone mad? And when those questions are asked of you, you can shine the light of Christ and tell how he has dispelled the darkness that is in you. How he has forgiven you by his blood shed on the cross and by the enlightening of your mind, the renewal of your mind by the Holy Spirit and by his word. You can direct them to him. And in so doing, you are the salt that preserves this earth. 
You are the light which brings light right where you are. You don't have to travel to the other end of the globe to serve in some far-flung missionary position. You can simply be right where you are. Right where God has planted you. To be salt in your community. To be light in your home and your neighborhood and your school. To do good works of love, encouragement, kindness, generosity, peace, patience, self-control. Yes, in your ordinary life, these characteristics, indeed the characteristics of the Beatitudes that we read last week, these characteristics shine in extraordinary ways. Such is the way in which just a small bit of light is noticed in a large dark space. So it is that when you, Christian, shine your light, do not purposefully cover it up and hide the fact that you are a Christian by putting that bushel basket over the lamp, but Simply live as salt and light in your relationships with others. People will take notice. And when they do, you can point them to the true light, Jesus. He is our hope. He is your hope. He is the hope for all mankind. In his name, amen.